0: This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC on location, San Diego, URSA, 2019 with Brett Maloli, friend of mine from Boston by way now of Austin. So we got to rhyme that out. We'll do that maybe later when I have a couple of uh, Moscow mules, Austin to Boston. Brett has been an entrepreneur in the space for uh, all of his career. He's got a really interesting company that we're going to talk about called Ladder. And, um, this, uh, podcast is going to be about, uh, the, the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur, uh, learning from what you, uh, experience and then taking all that learnings and turning it into a business, uh, that you're passionate about and that makes sense. So Brett, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So why don't you start off, just give your background from you know, where you're from and, you know, how you've made your way through the sector and, um, you know, and then we'll get to where you're at now and the frustrations that you're solving will add for sure, yeah. I grew up in the,
1: the fitness industry. Actually, my dad was in the space. He uh, owned some health clubs and had a uh, equipment distribution company. And I was just a kid who wanted to play baseball on TV for the rest of my life. And <laughs> when I was in my early 20s, I uh, realized that wasn't in the cards, and I had to get a job. And to be honest, I got into the fitness industry because it was the, the path of least resistance.
0: What, what, what gyms were they?
1: Um, my first job in the fitness industry was as a trainer. I worked for Mike Boyle, uh, uh, strength coach out of Boston. And then I worked at a lifestyles family fitness when I was in college, when I was injured selling memberships and Where was was that? A, which, uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, Jacksonville. Yeah, lifestyle, Atlantic family fitness, location. LFF.com
0: yeah, back in the day sales machine. Sure.
1: Um,
0: what, what gyms did, you, did your family own?
1: Uh, so my dad was uh, involved with Racket Time International. So uh, he was uh, a racquetball player that got into the fitness business uh, as a result of being in, in racquet sports and managed clubs and then sold equipment. He had a company called RPM Associates. Oh, wow. Um, That's going back. Yeah, way back in the day. So, you know, some of my earliest memories were running around, uh, you know, trade show floors and Terrorizing the uh, childcare rooms at at some different clubs.
0: Uh, but <laughs> well, I, people, what most people don't know is that that a lot of these health clubs that they work out in now are um, they're, they're in like the the racquetball court number four, which is now like the CrossFit yeah. boot camp, and cycling is uh, racquetball court number seven. You know, and all these things have been retrofitted.
1: For sure. I mean, I, when I was selling fitness equipment, it was like that. That's what you do. You'd be like, all right, buy two of these Kinesis ones and put
0: them in your. You know your racquetball court, right? Right. They didn't know we're so. going to turf over the racquetball yeah. court. Yeah, you could get a couple more people in there per hour than the uh, than the two to four on the on the racquet sports side. Yeah. So fa- so fast forward here to uh, to so you worked at LFF.
1: Yeah. So it, way to go. Then from there. I, I got my first job, my first real <laughs> job, uh, working for Life Fitness. I was selling selling treadmills, and uh, I was lucky enough to get hired by life with, with no experience. Was that with uh, Dave Young back in the day? Uh, so my first interview I remember was with Phyllis Dannon and Scott Robeson and um, I remember Phyllis asked me what my favorite type of equipment was. I had no idea, I, I said like free motion epic because that's what they had and uh, <laughs> I think I was gonna get the job regardless because they they knew my dad and I was lucky that I did and I did okay because most of my clients were people he also knew and
0: that right. I knew. Uh, it, was, it sounds like a, a better entree in than, than what hit the press yesterday with uh, all these like uh, parents getting their kids into college I with you know, in crazy ways, man. That that's just a. But, but isn't, isn't like that how, like, every uh, building is, is named, though? It I mean, you could, like, you're allowed to buy a building for, yeah, or, like, some, can't. you could buy 20 school buses, but you're not allowed to, like, um, uh, send a, uh, a charitable donation directly to the rowing coach who doesn't have a charitable uh, donation entity. Yeah, kind of what's going rowboat. on. Um, yeah. so, so, you, so you get into life fitness now. You're selling equipment. You, you work the front desk and you work the, the sales. So you kind of understand the industry and you got to... You know basically, your whole background was you know understanding the sector and you know you know listening and mentoring from your dad, so take us from life fitness to where you are today and and how everything that you 've experienced firsthand you know has kind of you know shaped who you are today
1: yeah, so I uh, ended up starting a couple companies and and w- was lucky to have some success there and and wound up uh, working at a nutritional supplement distribution company, small publicly traded company. Uh, became the CEO of that company, and that company was working with health and wellness professionals to curate nutritional supplement programs for their for their clients. In, in exchange, they would receive points. They could use those points to buy product for themselves. Never, I didn't start that company. I'm not super bullish on nutritional supplements, but it was just this epiphany to, to me. you realize realized for the first time, or I did, that these health and wellness professionals signed up to help people find happiness through health and wellness, yet they spend the majority of their time doing things they don't like and or aren't good at, right? It's it's a tough uh, job, I wouldn't even say career at this point, and I became obsessed with it, but I wanted to find a way for these health and wellness professionals to sell something that they were more confident in. Mm-hmm. And when we started LADDER, the first thing we did was was jump into what ended up being 50 weeks of user research. we interviewed over 22,000 gym members, 11,000 trainers, and 1,000 physicians between Princeton Health and Robert Wood Johnson. And about 3 quarters of the way through that user research initiative, we landed on what we believe to be the most finite product problem fit in the overarching market, uh, which is a solution that democratizes access to health and wellness coaching, uh, which I feel uh, odd saying because that's such a cliche that's getting thrown around by so many companies. But for us, we believe the largest emerging scarcity is actually humanity. We're obsessed with the human. Uh, We want to leverage all things that technology has to offer to further scale the human's ability to help more people. Mm -hmm. Uh, After four beta tests, a nine-month live mobile-only beta, we launched the product to market uh, about 13 months ago. We've got over 65,000 users.
0: When you you say 65,000 users, those are health and wellness coaches or are those consumers? Those are both. So
1: we we call our users clients and coaches. Uh, Of the 65,000, about 10,000 are coaches and the rest are clients. We have yet to uh, launch any of our gym partnerships and are here in San Diego to... Uh, to start to activate those. Um, we've waited a long time to, to do so. I think we, we won't get a second chance at this first impression. So sure. we've been very selective. With Good for you. Who we want to work
0: with. Yeah, I think so. So before we go into the company, just talk about, you know, you did you did a user research study that sounds like longer than what most people do when they evaluate an opportunity. So talk about for a minute how you trust your gut, but you're like, look, I actually got to do the work and I got to make sure I'm right because I'm putting my name on the line here, your name's important, might be the only thing that matters when, you, when you're selling you know, a new, a new company, like you are the company. I mean, the 50 weeks was
1: uh, an overkill, to be honest. It was actually easier to continue to ask people questions than it was to take the next step, uh, especially not being a technical co-founder. I think we could have cut it off about halfway. Uh, we did learn a lot, but not too many assumptions uh, that we, we didn't have going in. The, the research with the physicians was particularly impactful. I mean, what they said to us was almost unanimous. If we're not performing radical or invasive procedures, we're prescribing medicine and or recommending healthy lifestyle behavioral changes and a coach. Right. Um, but there's no
0: coach. Yeah. So tell us exactly how the system works. Who are these 10,000 people? that you got on the system and and what is there? Is this a mission critical? Like every day they wake up and basically they're, they're in the platform. Are they running their business off of the platform? They running it. Are they getting all the curating all their information from it and then managing their, their clients through there? Um, so of the 10,000 coaches, they're
1: using it in a few different ways. First and foremost, all of our coaches can use ladder free of charge with their existing clients to better manage and engage and elongate the LTV of those analog relationships. Okay. Uh, if they do that successfully and by successfully, they uh, grade out at certain metrics uh, internally from us and, and receive certain ratings from, from our collective clients, they can progress to level two, at which point we start to work with them. To monetize their former clients, so they bucket their contacts through contacts or Facebook contacts, and then we drive nurture and drip campaigns to those folks acquiring them on their behalf. If they do that successfully, similar success metrics, they can progress to level three. At which point, we start to drive them clients, uh, and there's a rev share. So, between so you're us like and the basically,
0: uh, you, so you're basically a, a management system for their current relationships, and you're also a lead gen engine for them.
1: You know the SaaS component, the lead gen, uh, or the the management component was more of a hack. I mean, we wanted to build a platform business model. There were a lot of companies in the space that were driving SaaS models, and to us, that wasn't a big enough uh, opportunity because you know the the market is relatively small (coughs) on the supply side, and Mm -hmm. um, to be candid, they don't have much money.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. so, so she's basically to- saying, look, I want to give them an opportunity, just like Gmail. Like, I'm, I want you to do your email through me. I'm not going to charge you like 30 bucks a month to, to do your email. But I'll, 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 once, I, once I have you, I'm going to figure out other ways to help you grow your business. And I'm going to participate in that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you I, think about we it? use Open Table as a comp. I mean, I think platform dynamics are such that if you can acquire the supply side at a critical mass with a high barrier to exit, you have the opportunity to really monopolize that and do some interesting things. So for- what do you
0: think about open chair as an idea? So if I got a three top and then I've got an open chair and then you can come and join me for my meal as a different business model, completely I like that. random idea. I like that. Maybe right. we'll do it where we'll solve loneliness with open chair, and you bring your health coach with you from Ladder. Yeah, two open chairs. Two open chairs. You and your coach. Probably two open chairs. That's what we'll call it. Two yeah. open chairs and uh, and uh, and, uh, and a supplement pack to go instead of a dessert. It. All right, trademark that before we <laughs> we have to deal with this other trademark situation that you told me about. Um, so what what, what kind of, what kind of results are you seeing right now, and what's your pitch at the show here to, um, to health clubs? Uh,
1: so first question first, what we're seeing is, uh, it's all about the coach and as a platform business model, we are just there to provide governance and ideally enable more efficient and and effective engagements. And that's really shining through. I mean, if you look in the app store at our reviews, almost every positive review, which is, Thankfully, almost all of them starts out the same way, which is I love name of coach, um, which is great because it is about the coach. We're just the intermediary. Uh, As far as working with the gyms, it's been a weird dynamic. I was kind of out of the commercial fitness industry for a couple of years. Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back. I've got a lot to say. It seems so confusing. Like (laughs) we were at dinner last night with some of our advisors. We brought on an advisory board of. (laughs) folks that I really look up to Rick Caro and you know yeah, he's a good friend of the square Joe from Gainesville sure. and Mel Kleist and Rodney Steven and we're oh, all Rodney, talking yeah, and sure. it's like what what is going on there's so much noise mm-hmm. I, I was at South by last week a tech conference yeah and no one was talking about any of the things people are talking about here it's it seems to be so uh, siloed well, so feature-driven, not benefit-driven. Like, uh-huh. to hear a guy like you know, Jos really talk about AI, it's like that's not your job. Like, what is it going to do for you? That's all right. That yeah, should, it's a fair point. Interesting. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I mean, technology's always been you know, be behind you know the curve. I think it's starting to pick up now, where the technology is actually at a point where people are asking for it and it's there at the same time versus the technology being so far ahead and being like, look, I don't even have the ability to think about what you're doing. And I don't really know if it's ready for me to like integrate into it. I feel like it's finally here at the same time.
1: I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm contrarian here, but I feel like there's way too much noise. Like the majority of the components of the tech stack that a lot of people envision in the not-so-distant future are pretty far from, from what I think they'll look like. Right. Um, time will tell.
0: So, you, so explain that. So you're saying like AI is something that these guys shouldn't even be— thinking about yet or you think Well, everything's AI like Mm. you know AI is is not artificial artificial. intelligence by the way is for our listeners who like when you talk about uh, talk about AI it's like what does
1: it do for me or like here look at facial recognition right right so it's like all right what is facial recognition going to do it's going to essentially allow you to cookie a human right right in a world where there's no other things to sell right so the value of like being able to to follow someone's Path through a digital world as a, you know, e-commerce consumer right. is an ability to target uh, in the right ways at the right times and drive messaging that increase to heighten, uh, that leads to heightened transactions. But in a gym, like, what are you actually finding out? What do you, you, get? Know what do you that, get from that? You're yeah, saying? You, it's only a retention driver because there's nothing else to sell. You can't sell them like a- I might
0: speed up my way through the, through the uh, check-in process. That's about it which is the only guaranteed touch point you have. So why would you even wanna expedite that? So I couldn't get into my office the other day and there's a security guard in New York City and uh, there's there's a glass door and she had to hit the button. So I put my face right up against the glass, and uh, we did facial recognition right there, and she nodded, and then she opened it. and that's the extent of what needed to happen there. They don't need to put in a $10,000 you know facial recognition reader. I think we were good with the way we had it set up well, right I, there, manual what, facial recognition.
1: You know, when you asked if I would be on the podcast, I was pretty excited because: uh, are, are you still excited?: I'm, are you I'm still like, pretty right, cool. excited. We'll I'm about going, the then. same Let's keep level going. of excitement. Uh, <laughs> But you know, when it comes to technology, like if people talk like really uh, fancy, then that's like perceived as a good thing. It's actually a really bad thing, yeah, right? Sure. Like, simple. If it's difficult Stupid to simple. explain, then it, it's uh, you're not explaining it properly. Right. And you know, I think that when I talk about, it's not that there aren't incredible technologies that could be incredibly beneficial to us. Uh, I think that we need to take one step at a time sure, and actually sure. not start with the technology, but start with what we're trying to solve for. You know, First, get an idea of what your tech stack looks like and what your needs are and what your KPIs and metrics are and where you can move the needle and then see if there's technology available that can help do that. Uh, and I think a lot of people are
0: doing it incredibly well. Um, we, work with, uh, we work with InTouch and a couple other guys who are really saying, like, look, before you start doing some of the things that are a little next generation, like let's get your leads into, to, to a system, let's get that system to perform the way to get people into the club, sell them a membership, upgrade them to PT and let's get them as part of the community before you start doing like, you don't have to go crazy. Like that's a process that could be optimized. Totally. Let's and start with that. And I think
1: everyone means, well, I think it's to be honest
0: and not to go like super deep. Just be honest on the show. I think it's kind
1: of a systemic problem about where the content and information is coming from. So like we're here at Ursa, right? And, uh, it's, it's put on by the vendors and, and all the vendors are selling stuff and all the vendors are the, the ones creating the content and distributing the content it's a little scary to have the biggest, like aside from from this, the you know club industry just launched a podcast. ABC Financial just launched a, po- a podcast. Brian O'Rourke's tech thingy has a podcast, and all those people are trying to sell services and convey information. Uh, and I think it's kind of scary. I think there's a, a lack of uh, transparency and a, a lot of misinformation. That's.
0: Just causing a lot of confusion. All right. Well, hopefully that this is the, uh, the 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 top podcast in the halo sector. Our um, our goal with our podcast is to make sure that people like you have a unadultered mouthpiece into the minds of everyone who's important in the sector, um, and for them to understand, you know, what technologies, what companies, what types of practices are going to help them be successful. And, um, and I like to listen. So that's my, those are our objectives here. Yeah, this is great. Cool. I'm glad your your level of excitement is at the same level as mine. So let's talk about for a minute before we, uh, before we wrap up here, what, what is, what's the best way to get onto ladder? What's the experience? Where do you want to take the business? And it seems like you have a very rational view of growing a business that um, we've had entrepreneurs come in, they say, "I'm gonna, I'm creating a 500 million dollar company. I'm creating a billion dollar company. I'm want to build a thousand health companies, Like, well, let's build like 10, and then let's build 50, and then let's build 100, and like, architect this thing into like reality sequentially." So, how do you think about ladder? Just did a 50 week. test, you know, how do you trust the data versus trust? The data is what people tell you. And I say to somebody, stop saying, telling me to, to like, look at the data. Like, talk to people. And then that's the data. Yeah, stop talking. Like, data is like a black hole. But I guess to zoom
1: out real quick, I mean, the problem we're trying to solve... Everyone knows the numbers: 19% of of GDP devoted towards healthcare costs. 79% of that spent on what are theoretically preventable chronic conditions, totaling a projected spend of over 47 trillion dollars over the next 10 years. Uh, as a human, I want to fix that. As a capitalist, I think there's a ton of opportunity in that 47 trillion dollars, and I believe for a lot of people, uh, health and wellness coaching is the best way to take the biggest chunk out of that. In its legacy state. It simply isn't accessible to the overwhelming majority of of prospective users and potentially more importantly, the overwhelming majority of folks that need it most. Um, We want to change that. We envision a world inside of five years where 50 million Americans are working with a coach in this new way. Uh, We are not competitive to in-person. We envision an ecosystem where all gym members and furthermore all people are working with a health and wellness coach, but potentially less frequently in person, where the digital relationship becomes the backbone. Right now we're focused on you know this initial scale and continuing to build the team and optimize and bring on partners that believe in what we believe in. We think that the, the market opportunity is a 50 to 100 billion dollar market opportunity, and it will all come down to, to execution by the companies in in the game now and the ones that are coming
0: awesome well look i'm glad we uh connected we share the same view this industry is going to grow it's got to be grown properly and sequentially um and at the end of the day we're trying to help people get results Mm -hmm. and the people that we're trying to get results for are are simple people that want simple solutions and it's scalable if it's done properly so congrats on the success let's be in touch more frequently and uh Every time I see you, I want to have the same level of excitement mutually when we get together. For sure. This has been great, and and thanks for doing this. I know that it uh, takes a lot of work, but a lot of great stuff. Awesome. All right, man, we'll check in with you on the ladder. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks.